everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Buckle up for this very special galactic edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. So people might have listened to one of our previous reviews that we did on Flamingo Crossing, and we were going to do two reviews in one show, Flamingo Crossing and Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. But we decided to break it into two shows because, well, Cheryl was right, and that made more sense. <laughs> so I love being right. That's right. It doesn't happen often, mm. but when it does, uh, you gloat. <laughs> so this is, uh, we've edited the show to include this little intro. Yep. Uh, but this the story will pick up right after we finished our Flamingo Crossing review. Mm-hmm. So we're already kind of in mid-conversation, and this is the review on Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. So speaking of immersive experiences... Yes. Uh, I had an opportunity to spend two nights at the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser on an adventure uh, that spanned the galaxy. Right. And uh, we are going to share a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, so first of all, just uh, tell people a little bit about what it is. All right. So Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, uh, although it sounds fancy, uh, it's actually just a, a resort. Uh, but the intention of this resort is that it is a, a two-and-a-half-day fully immersive cruise uh, on a starship called the Halcyon. And uh, it all takes place within the resort. Um, So essentially you're boarding a ship and it's designed to be a cruise. You go to the cruise terminal, which is actually the spaceport, and you board a a little pod that takes you up to the ship and then your adventure begins. So uh, there are all sorts of levels of, of fandom. You know, you have people who are casual Star Wars fans who are showing up. You have people who are showing up in full-on, like, cosplay-style uh, costumes, uh, which are encouraged. And um, it's it's an opportunity to live a one-of-a-kind, well, unless you go more than once, but uh, a one-of-a-kind Star Wars adventure that's, that's totally immersive. Um, so essentially, it's everything I did back in 1977 after I first saw Star Wars. <laughs> right. Uh, with the exception of like, you know, uh, wrapping uh, Christmas paper uh, tubes as lightsabers. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's improved a little bit since then. Um, but it's, it's, it's an adventure. Um, you meet some Star Wars characters that you're familiar with who happen to be on the ship. Uh, you meet new Star Wars characters uh, you get an opportunity to go down to Batu, which is Galaxy's Edge mm-hmm. uh, at Hollywood Studios, and um, it, it's it's the most Star Warsy thing you can do. But you did say you could have fun without being a Star Wars fan. Yeah, it's um, if you enjoy like a uh, you know one of those murder mystery dinner shows or the T- Tony and Tina's wedding. That's kind of like an improv right. experience. And I mentioned uh, to a friend that I was telling her a little bit about what you did. And she said, oh my God, my husband would love that. Even though he's not a Star Wars fan, he's a big Dungeons and Dragons fan. Okay. Which is a lot of that same role play yes. type stuff. And like, you know, if you're really into Dungeons and Dragons, you get dressed up for your part. And there's just so many, I feel like, niches of people that ends up you know, that would love it, that ends up actually being a pretty big group of people. Yeah, I, w- I would say, like I said, you know, if you enjoy the the, the murder mystery dinner, the, the Tony and Tina's escape rooms, um, solving logic puzzles, 
you know, this is the type of experience that you're going to enjoy. Yeah, or and even it, if you're a person that's really into like Halloween because you love like you the love costumes. the getting dressed up part. Right. So there's just so many facets of it. You know, there's the whole scavenger hunt part mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. There's the whole role playing part of it, yep. and then there's the whole dressing up part of it. So I think different parts appeal to different people. Hopefully, you know, uh, for a lot of people, I feel like all the parts together is is the thing that's the most appealing. Right. Like Isabel would enjoy the scavenger hunt component. And the dressing up. Yeah, that's true. She loves to, you know, get all dressed that's up. That's true. And the that's- role playing, she'd be a little like roll her eyes about. But, right. she, you know, if you're surrounded by it, if mm-hmm. everyone else is doing it, um, you're kind of the odd man out if you're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, we walked in. So I went with three other agents from Main Street and More Travel. And uh, we walked in and we had to go through a security checkpoint. And there was a guy in front of us in full Twi'lek gear, which is, you know, he's a Star Wars. It's a Star Wars alien with these tendrils that come out of the top of his head. Cool. He had a leather outfit that went (laughs) along with it. And he had lightsabers hanging off of his belts. Right. And and that was his character. Right. And and he lived that character for two days. Right. Now, I went on, the guys I went on with were Star Wars fans. We didn't come in Jedi robes. Right. You know, we had Star Wars t-shirts and stuff. But you left with a Jedi robe. No, <laughs> I left with a, a tunic, a formal uh-huh. tunic. Okay. Um, not a full-on Jedi robe. That's uh, that's on order. <laughs> um, but it, it was amazing to see the people that were there because, as I mentioned, there were casual fans, but there were entire families there. Mm-hmm. There were, you know, there were multi-generational families, much like a real Disney cruise. Right. There were families that had toddlers and grandparents in their travel party. Uh, And there was this one woman, I called her Walker Grandma, and she had a walker, not a Star Wars walker, Mm -hmm. uh, but she had a a walker to help assist in her mobility. And she had like Star Wars fleece jackets on. Right. And she just kind of like toddled around, um, but she was there with her grandkids and her children. Uh, So it was interesting to see uh, the dynamics of the people. And- uh, you know, some people, as I said, really get into it. I mean, was there anybody who looked like they weren't having fun? Um, no. There were people who, you know, moved a little slower. Um, right. But I, I think by and large, once you got into it, mm-hmm. uh, you you really and, – and I don't know. I can't speak for everyone. I enjoyed it a lot. But I'm sure that every you know no one I, no one was there saying that it sucked. I didn't, I didn't right. hear any of that. Well, I would think some of the joy, even if you go with your family and it's not really your thing, there's so much joy in watching your friends and family mm-hmm. truly enjoy themselves and truly be like in their element. Right. You know. So I'm sure that for someone like Grandma, you know, even though she might not have been getting a ton out of it on her own, it's the same thing as going to Disney World. Right. They're not riding the rides, but being able to watch your family you know, just so enjoy themselves is what brings you enjoyment. That is, that is true. So uh, next, what you want to talk about dining? Yeah. So like most cruises, uh, dining is a very important part of, of the travel. Um, they have one dining room. It's called the Crown of Corellia and it's, it's their main dining hall. They have two, two dining seatings, just like a regular cruise. Uh, when we arrived there, uh, check-in was at 1 p.m. We uh, managed to take our transport up to the ship. Uh, we brought our stuff to our stateroom, and then it was time to explore the ship and have some lunch. Uh, and lunch was served buffet style. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's Star Wars takes on food. So if you've ever been to Galaxy's Edge, uh, you know, you've eaten the Tandorian tip yip, you know, which is chicken. Right. Um, so everything kind of had those Star Wars-y names, 
Bantha is beef. Tip Yip is chicken. They did have vegetarian dishes. Uh, everything, presentation on the food was phenomenal. Okay. Uh, they really took a lot of time. Uh, you know, unlike a regular cruise ship that has anywhere between 2,800 and 4,000 guests, uh, this the Star Cruise only has 100 staterooms. So if you're looking at how many people are there, it's got to be less than 500. Okay. Uh, so it's a very small crowd. So It's a little easier to cook really a, nice food. A little easier to present uh, the plates uh, for 500 people. So right. the presentation was spot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the um, – you know, you know me. Our listeners might not, but I'm I'm pretty fussy. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to food, and and sometimes I eat like a 12 year old. Mm, uh, most of the time. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I tried some stuff that I wouldn't normally try, and they just had different takes on things, and maybe I didn't know what it was initially. Right. And maybe I enjoyed it. Right. Um. So, uh, that was uh, you know, that was that was lunch, uh, dining room in in, in the first night we had uh, we were at the 5:30 seating. And dinner is scheduled from 5.30 to 7, and it was a dinner show because there is a galactic superstar who happened to be on our cruise by the, oh. name, of, by the name of Gaia, uh, and uh, she did a performance, which the, the woman had an amazing voice. It's it's live singing. Um, the song kind of – the songs that she sings kind of tie into the storyline if you listen to the lyrics. Uh, and that first night, it was a family-style dinner um, during the show, so that it, it was multiple courses – uh, dumplings and and beef, um, and and it was it was really good. Uh, beverages during the meal, you know, we had a, a full line of Coca Cola products, which I didn't know they were intergalactic. <laughs> uh, but Coca Cola products were available, and that's included. That's included, as were blue and green milk. Ah. Uh, so if you were going through the drink line, uh, the the drink section of the buffet line, they had a blue and green milk dispenser, which was which was pretty cool. Um. Specialty drinks, whether they're alcoholic or non-alcoholic, are an additional cost. And that was the only additional cost on the ship. Okay. With the exception of souvenirs. It's like um, old school cruises. It was like an old school <laughs> cruise. So every bit of food you had mm-hmm. was included. Um, and, and I say that because the first night we went to the Sublight Lounge, which is their bar. Okay. And while we sit, were seated at the bar, um, they dropped off a menu of like small bites type of stuff, right. appetizers. And I told the guys, I'm like, I don't know if we want to order this because, you know, what they're doing on the Disney Cruise Line now is is you're in the bars and the pubs right. and they're dropping these little menus off and, oh, there's an additional charge it's, Yeah, it's this. like 12 bucks. <laughs> um, but no, we were told that everything was included. Nice. So, you know, that was nice. Mm-hmm. And and when we get to talk about pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, Keep that in mind. Yeah. The, the, you know, there's a reason why that was included. Right. Um, or so, the other way around. True. You know. True. Uh, so the second night uh, f- for dinner, um, it was uh, a taste of the galaxy. So we were treated to um, a dinner which was presented by the staff. So the head chef was there, the dining room manager. They each gave a little part of the presentation. Uh, and we were treated to foods from Felucia and Gungan. Uh, and uh, half of it was seafood, which I didn't really enjoy, but they were able to bring us some Bantha short ribs, uh, some additional <laughs> Bantha short ribs, uh, and that was good. Um, lunch on the second day, uh, second day was the day we took our journey down to Batu. Uh, so they did load lunch credits onto our data pad, uh, and which is my Disney experience that we could use at Docking Bay Seven or Ronto Roasters. Okay, uh, and then breakfast on both day two and day three were very casual. 
uh, self-serve buffet style. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have allergies, uh, you just have to let the chef know when you're going through the buffet line and they come out and they talk to you. And you sh- you're supposed to let them know well ahead of your cruise, though. You can let them know ahead of uh, ahead of time as well, uh, but they said just to double Yes, just to be course. doubly safe to right. let the chef know as you were going through the line. Yep. Um, they did have vegan options mm-hmm. uh, as well as vegetarian options. And I know those two are different uh, yes. uh, uh, lifestyles. Yep. Uh, so, you know, if you're a meat eater or a vegan or a vegetarian, there was always something available. Uh, and then throughout the rest of the cruise in the guest services section, they had that set up with a bunch of snacks. And okay. they were intergalactic snacks like Parmesan crisps. Uh, and uh, like red cake pops, and red stuff, berry right? crispies, and galactic cake pops, <laughs> and Batu and clementines. I didn't know they grew clementines on Batu. <laughs> uh, they did have Gungan goldfish uh, crackers. Okay, uh, so that was available uh, in the hours that the dining room wasn't open. So, listening to you talk about it, <clears throat> as far as like food um, goes, yes, it sounds so all inclusive, um, and even sort of concierge-like. If you've ever stayed at a Disney resort and stayed concierge, yes. you know, they have those like those snacks out and stuff. And, um, you know, at, at before dinner, they'll have um, sort of appetizer snacks that you can get. So it sounds very similar to something like that. And I think, you know, it, this is not inexpensive. Um, and when I heard the number initially, I was like, wow, that's kind of a lot. But after having heard you describe what it is that you get, I don't think the price is out of whack. I mean, two days worth of immersive experience, all the food, right. uh, basically a ticket to Hollywood Studios for the day, you know, because yep. you don't pay, you don't have to have admission to Hollywood Studios to go down to Galaxy's Edge that day. I mean, even your food at Galaxy's Edge being included, um, it's, I wouldn't say, you know, value is different to everybody, but if it's the kind of thing you enjoy, I really don't think that the pricing is out of whack. Right. And we'll, we'll save pricing for the end. Yeah. Uh, I still think we, uh, you know, have a lot to talk about. I mean, we haven't even talked about the cabins yet or yes. the experience itself. Cabins are up next. Cabins are up next, yes. So there are three different options for cabins on the Halcyon. Uh, the first one is a standard cabin. It sleeps either four or five guests, and it's configured with a queen bed, two bunk beds, and a pull-down bed that will handle an adult, and that's uh, if you're sleeping five in the room. Okay. So not every standard room has the fifth sleeper, Okay. Uh, but it is an option. Uh, as in with most uh, of the rooms at uh, Disney Resorts and, and on the uh, Star Cruiser, you get a mini refrigerator, a hairdryer, an in-room safe, a telephone, a TV, and for now, H2O Plus bath products. What are you supposed to do with a mini refrigerator? Uh, if you have anything, drinks or sodas you want to keep in your fridge. Oh, okay. Don't they have them available all the time, though? Like, can't you go over to the little bar area or whatever and always get a drink? Uh, yeah, Oh, you okay. could. Right. I don't know. Maybe people want to bring a sandwich from uh, on Jimmy John's. I was just in. curious. I, okay. I, I don't know. All right. Uh, your next option is a Galaxy Class Suite, uh, and this will sleep four passengers as well. But this is a one-bedroom suite that has a living space. Uh, along with a seating area, uh, as well as a queen bed, and then the two wall pull-down beds for one adult each. So you lose the bunk beds here. Okay. Uh, the bunk beds are actually fun. They are adult-sized, even though they look very small when you see the pictures. Uh, either the pictures or the artist's renderings of right. the room. They easily fit uh, an adult-sized okay. person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I slept in the bottom bunk, and I had more than enough room to spare. Uh, 
One of the guys in our travel party is 6162. It was a little tighter for him. Did he get in it? He did. Okay, he, just he, to see. Yeah, he just didn't have that much clearance. Uh-huh. Uh, so he actually slept in the pull-down. Uh, and then you get the same amenities as in the other cabin. And then if you want to uh, travel with a larger party, uh, sleeping up to eight passengers is the Grand Captain Suite. Uh, and that is uh, uh, two bedrooms with a living space and uh, a double vanity bathroom and then a second bathroom, a bar area. You get three windows out into space. Uh, it says there are a few extra Star Wars surprises, so I don't know uh, you know, what they give you if right. there's different amenities in the room. Uh, but that gives you two queen beds, two bunk beds, and two wall pull-down beds. Uh, so that will handle eight people. Uh, now, um, so yeah, there's, there's three sta- three different staterooms on, and you on found board it, the ship. You found it to be pretty comfortable? You were in the standard room? It was. Uh, we were in the standard room with a fifth pull-down, uh, and it worked very nicely. Uh, unlike uh, the, the cruise lines uh, that go on the sea with Disney, uh, they do not have a split bath. Uh, so your bathroom consists of a stand-up shower, which had a very nice uh, rainfall shower in the ceiling, mm-hmm. uh, along with a handheld nozzle, um, a, a toilet, uh, and a single vanity sink. Now, was this the sink inside the bathroom or outside the bathroom The doors? sink was inside the bathroom doors. Okay. So when you walked into the bathroom, you had a sliding door, sink to the left, shower to the right, and then behind the sink with another sliding door was the toilet. Okay, so someone could be using the toilet yes. at the same time and that someone showering was or, blow-drying their hair or something like that. And the shower was the entire length of the sink area and the toilet area. Okay, so a good size. So it was a very good size. You could have fit three people in that shower, okay. no problem. All right. uh, not that any three of us showered I together. No. Um, so that is the uh, lodging. I thought the uh, the setup for the bedding was interesting. Yeah, the, the bedding on the bunk beds and the pull-down beds, um, there's like a, a mattress cover, which is very much in that, um, that X-Wing fighter jumpsuit orange color. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is was a... Is that like textured? It was, yeah. There was a slight... Um, it's like quilted. Quilted texture to it. Okay. Uh, and then there was a pillow. And, uh, you know, you look at the bed and it looked like a blanket rolled up on it. So I unrolled it. And it was actually a small sleeping bag. That's funny. Uh, and you essentially got into this sleeping bag and, and you know, it was warm. It was right. my like a fleecy type material. And that's how we slept. That's funny. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. All right. All right. What, uh, what would you like to hear about next? You want to tell us just a little bit about like, you know, the experience, you know, because that's really what you're paying for, the, the entertainment and the interactivity of it. Well, you are the entertainment. Uh, the entertainment happens all around you. As I've mentioned previously, this is an immersive, very immersive experience, uh, beginning with the muster, which happened at 4 p.m. Uh, up until 4 p.m. on that first day, you kind of could walk around the ship. You went and had lunch. 4 p.m. was all aboard, uh, and you had a muster, and they separated everybody into four muster stations, which you had to remember, uh, because if there was an emergency at any point in the voyage you had to return to those muster stations. Um, so very important that you remember And did that. they do that um, call an emergency just to get people back into like their groups? Uh, they did not, but okay. they, they made a shipwide announcement to return to your muster stations. Um, there might or might not have been an emergency later in the voyage. Okay, uh, but like at some point they do use that whole muster yes. station thing to try to call people back to their groups. Correct. Okay. Correct. And as part of, I'm not sure if I mentioned it earlier, but during our pre-shipboard briefing, 
Uh, they go over the emergency signals and what happens if there's an actual emergency. So right. there is an emergency based on the immersive experience. Right. And what happens in the case of a real emergency, a if the real, real fire alarm. Emergency. And actually last month they did evacuate the yeah. Galactic Star Cruiser because the fire alarms did go off. Right. So they evacuated guests at like two in the morning, oh. uh, which does not sound like fun. No. Um, but the experience, the interactivity begins uh, around 4 p.m. after the muster. And, you know, you do find out prior to your cruise that the ship is being investigated by the First Order. Uh, and that's where the adventure starts. Uh, and it comes to you as a message on your data pad, which is uh, through the Disney Play app. So you have to have the Disney Play app loaded onto your phone, uh, which if you're a good Disney fan, you yeah, already have right? it. Right. Uh, and the play app can be utilized uh, in areas other than Star Wars uh, for for the Galactic Star Cruiser. It can be used in regular lines. There's interactivity. There's yeah. trivia games. But there is a data pad component that's only available to Star Cruiser guests. And that's where you get messages from the crew. You get your missions assigned that way. You find out what's going on. Uh, additionally, the crew members that are part of the experience... Uh, walk through the cabin. You're encouraged to follow them, to interact with them. They come through the muster. Okay. Uh, they walk through the dining room during Gaia's performance. Her manager is there, and he comes to tables to talk to people. Okay. Uh, Gaia t walks around and talks to people after her performance. Uh, they come into the lounge after hours, and they talk to people. Uh, and and it's, it's very much like a, a choose-your-own-adventure type of story where you're presented with an opportunity. You may get a communication from someone that says, I need you to help the resistance. Now, how would you get that communication? Through so, your data pad. Okay. Uh, through the messages. It would be a text. Okay. And you are prompted to either help the resistance or, or help the first order. And you can say, yes, I'd love to. No. You can question it. So based on your experiences, that determines the path. Okay. Uh, there's like six different paths. Um, so they all kind of spread out. And then they all merge back for the finale on okay. day two. Um, there were four guys in our room. Myself and one uh, and and one other guy seemed to be on a very similar path. Okay. The other two guys were on completely different paths. Right. Now, Mark seemed to be kind of like us. John, we knew he was working with the First Order because every time we went to do something good, he would just disappear. And we didn't see him for like 20% of the journey okay. because he was off doing his own now, thing. Now, did he have fun even though he was with all people he didn't know? He did. Okay. He did. And, you, you know, sometimes you're doing stuff by yourself. Um, sometimes you're told to, uh, you know, uh, Gaia's manager, uh, uh, might have come past and got a group of us together and said, you know, meet me at six 30 in the cargo hold. Mm -hmm. And then at six 30, there'd be like 15, 20 people at the cargo hold. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it could be kids. There were some young kids with our group. Their parents might not necessarily be with them because everybody's on their own journey. Right. Um, and kids were sometimes, especially those who were a little more annoying, uh, were given <laughs> duties like, we need to make sure that no First Order people come into this meeting, so go stand out by the door. <laughs> and uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was, but it was done in a respectful way. Like, they right. were still part they of the storyline. They were excited about it. They were it. given jobs. Right. They would run back like two minutes later being like, no First Order people <laughs> came in. Right. Okay, well, the meeting's not done yet, so go back <laughs> out there. And, and they were all kept a part of so it. So cute. And... Uh, you know, that went on up until about 11 o'clock the first night. Oh, my gosh. So it was it was very busy. There was, yeah. there was There's some downtime. Mm -hmm. um, but 11 o'clock, we were able to go into the Sublight Lounge, have a few drinks and some uh, small bite appetizer-y type food. 
Um, you know, and, and like a regular cruise, there are things going on during the course of the day. So they might give a lesson on Sabacc, which is a, a, a gambling uh, thing in the Star Wars galaxy. It's how right. Han Solo made some money. It's how Lando made money. Uh, and they actually have a Sabacc tournament. So they teach you how to play and then they have a, a tournament. Oh, fun. Um, they do uh, a version of bingo. Uh, they have a fashion show. Um, and, you know, there are people, I think I said earlier, there are people varying levels of fandom. Right. So you may have somebody in a full, uh, you know, first order officer outfit, and you may have somebody who's just got like this peripheral knowledge of, you know, who uh, Luke Starwalker is, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's Skywalker, but that's okay. You know, right. you kind of get the general idea. <laughs> right. Uh, so there, there were a whole bunch of different people like that, but everybody worked together, um, and, and it was kind of fun. And, and then, you know, that went on for the first night, Day two, we were given a bunch of missions that sent us down to Batuu. Now, are the missions, is that what was on? So, like, I saw your data pad, and right. it has, like, little scheduled things. Is that, was that parts of missions, or well, were that those was, things that, was, that you could optionally go it to? It was a little of both. It was the ship's itinerary. Okay. So, it had all of the, uh, you know, bingo and sabacc tournament and fashion shows. It had your dining on there. So, it was more of, like, your navigator. Okay. Uh, so there was a navigator component to it, but then you had a communication section. Okay. So communications is where your messages would come now, from. Now, what if you didn't do some of the things that were, like, in your messages? <coughs> what if, like, during the time you, like, had to go meet somebody in the cargo hold, you were like, yeah, but they're doing bingo? That's a good question because we did most of our stuff. <laughs> you have no idea. We have no idea what would happen. you didn't follow directions. <laughs> um, you know, eventually you would probably Catch pick it up. up. Yeah. Because, like, the because, rest of your group or whatever was probably doing the things anyway. Right. It didn't really matter. And, and and, and there were experiences that you were all expected to attend. Like everybody went to bridge training. Right. And that was part of your storyline. Right. Uh, because, you know, you're, you're learning how to use weapons and stuff because you might have to actually man the weapons at some point. Right. Uh, so I, I think that even if you skip a couple of things, mm-hmm. you're still going to be pulled back in. Right. Okay. So uh, day two, we went down to Batu where we were given additional orders. Um, as part of the journey, you have to ride... Uh, Smuggler's Run, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, which actually is part of the storyline. So you're okay. not riding the ride just to do it. Right. You're going in as a group. We went in as a group of four. We were all alone. Uh-huh. Actually, no, I'm sorry. We did have a mother and daughter with us, but it played into our experience. Now, one of the things when Galaxy's Edge debuted, there was supposed to be all this interactivity with Galaxy's Edge. Right. Where you were going to go and steal the coaxium and you were going to get credits and you were going to go into Ogus. And that's before your, before um, Star Cruiser was even a thing. Right. It was supposed to be something that you just did in Galaxy's Edge. Right. And and a lot of what, what went into the Star Cruiser is stuff that was advertised for Galaxy's Edge where there were missions and credits and you were going right. to talk to characters and, and droids. Right. And none of that really happened. Um, but you, you ride Smuggler's Run, you hijack the coaxium, and that's part of your story. Okay. Uh, and then part of the story is checking in on Rise of the Resistance, and you have to ride Rise of the Resistance. Now, that doesn't play as big a part in the story, but it's part of your experience. Right. So you're loaded with uh, a Genie Plus individual lightning lane type of access for those rides. So you didn't have to do a standby line, so you got right. to ride each one of those rides once. If you wanted to ride it a second time, you had to go standby. Right. Um, now, you know, I thought I was going to get down to Batu. I thought I was going to spend some time at Galaxy's Edge. And then I thought I was going to go into Hollywood Studios for the rest of the afternoon. Uh, we took the shuttle down to Batu, which is a themed shuttle, of course, and right. you go into the spaceport. And we got there about 9.30, and we were literally nonstop until about <laughs> 12.30. Yeah. Uh, so it kept us busy, and right. it was hot down there. Yeah. 
Uh, they did provide you with free water, which was nice. Yeah, free. Okay. Yeah, free. free is always good. Um, and they provided you with lunch. So you had the option to either dine at Galaxy's Edge uh, or go back to the ship. Okay. Or you could do both, I guess. Right, right. I went back to the ship at one point and I stopped in and got like a chocolate mm-hmm. piece of cake. Um because I don't turn down cake. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got a free lunch at Docking Bay 7. So they, how did they do that? Um, it's preloaded into your My Disney Experience app. Okay, so there was just, like, money in there for so you to... So there, there was a meal credit, so okay. you placed an order for a, a quick service meal, and it covered a meal and beverage. It didn't okay. cover alcohol. It didn't cover a dessert. Right, right. If you wanted a dessert or a spork, it was an additional cost. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, additional cost if you wanted to build a lightsaber, that yeah, was not part right. of the journey. You want to build a droid, that's not part of it. Of course. Um, so it uh, it kept us busy for a couple of hours. And like I said, I went back to the ship, and that's where I ran into Nate, and he had a very similar mission. Uh, and we hung out there. We had a little bit of lunch. We went back down to Batu, uh, And at that point, we kind of met up with the other guys, um, and then Nate and I did head out to Hollywood Studios, and we took a walk around and walked in a couple stores, uh, had a, a a Halloween cupcake. So, I mean, that's the thing is you're, you're kind of – you're free to come and go if you wanted to. I mean, I think that you're losing some – a lot probably of the experience, but you're not like locked in this thing. At you're any not. point, if you need to leave, if you were the kind of person who like – you know, Tony went with other travel agents. If he didn't want to stay in the room with the travel agents, he could have left at the end of the night and spent the night with me at a hotel and come back. Um, you're not locked in there. Right. It's not It's not good for the experience. Like, what's the point? But, you know, if you're in that kind of a situation, um, I, I wouldn't, you know, some people, I think when you tell them about it, feel sort of claustrophobic, even just about the idea. Right. Um, but you're not trapped there. You no. can leave whatever you want. And we had, you know, a, at a couple points in our trip, we had to visit the climate simulator yeah. uh, just to realize, you know, hey, what what is it light outside? Right. Because it's like going to Vegas when you're on the starship. Yes. Is There's no lights. There's, I mean, there's no there's, windows. Right. You don't know if it's daylight. You don't know if it's dark. At a couple points, we thought it was like, you know, 12 in the morning. Right. It was like 730. <laughs> right. You know, 730 at night. It, it wasn't that late. But you had been going and going and going. Right. Um, so what's the simulator? So the climate simulator is on board the ship, and it is a small section of the ship that just uh, simulates the climate of, for us, it was Batu because that's where we were heading. Uh-huh. So it's a roomed area that, in reality, if I'm going to spoil some of it now for people, <laughs> um, it's more like a, an outdoor patio. So there's an open wall. So is there fresh air open? There is. There's there's giant holes cut in the ceiling. Okay, so, so it's, not can, like, it's not like a sunroom kind of. Like, no. Okay. No, if it's raining outside, it's going to be wet, wet okay. on one part of the room. Okay. Um, but there is some green space and out shade. there. There's oh. a, like a, a very zen type rock garden. Okay, that's nice. So if you need a little fresh air or something. Right. There's a place. You, you can't go out and smoke there. If you do have to smoke, uh, they actually have you take a shuttle back down to the spaceport. That's so funny. Uh, and smoke outside. Um, they say that you can do that even if you want to go to McDonald's or Disney Springs. So they say you can leave. Right. Uh, but with the money that you're paying for this experience, I'm not sure that you would want right, to. Right, right. Um, so uh, let me just finish. So our, our day on Batu finished. You have to be back on the ship by four. So it's just like any regular cruise where you, you have a, to leave without you. You have a departure time. So the last shuttle left at four. I'm sure they would make arrangements if you missed <laughs> it, but they might not be too happy. And. When we got back at 4, actually, we had to be back at 3.15 because we had bridge training. Oh, okay. So we had to go and do our, our bridge training mission. Uh, and then 5 o'clock, we had the Taste of the Galaxy dinner on night 2. Uh, and then uh, later on in the evening, all of the storylines um, uh, wrapped up okay. uh, with a large gathering in the atrium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, by 
you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, all of the storylines were wrapped up. Some of the characters were still around. Um, for there's, pictures. For and pictures, like and you, yeah. could, you could meet them. And, uh, and, and, and that was it. So you are the entertainment. You are the storyline. I mean, there's you're interacting with, you know, paid uh, actors, you right. know, who are, I'm sure, very good and practiced at what they're doing to make it, you know, yes. a lot more fun. But, okay. I mean, it sounds amazing. Yeah, it was, it was a great time. Um, so for all of this amazing, great time, yes. what are we paying? So it, it can be a little pricey. Um, if you are looking to do uh, two guests per cabin, uh, and this is representative pricing based on some dates. You know, what Disney has on their website are dates out in uh, August and September of 2023 for whatever reason. Um, of course, like any of their properties, uh, pricing fluctuates based on the time of year okay. uh, or the season. Uh, so two guests uh, in one cabin for two nights is $4,800. Okay. Um, if you up that to four guests per cabin, uh, it's that becomes- It's still $4,800, right? Uh, four guests per cabin is actually uh, $6,000. So the cost per oh, guest drops. Right. Just like um, a cruise. Right. To, to $750 uh, per person as opposed to $1,200 per person per night. Um, okay, that's per person per night. Per person per what, night. Can we just give, give me voyage prices? If I'm two people in a room, what's the cost? Two people in a room, whole voyage, $4,800. For both people? For both. No, combined. That's it. 4800 $4, $2,400 a piece. Okay. Um, and if you're four people in that room? $5,000, well, $6,000. Which is $1,500 a piece? $1,500 a piece. Okay. For the entire voyage. I mean. Now, if you cover the fact that it's a deluxe resort, Absolutely. Your meals are covered. Mm-hmm. Your non-alcoholic or specialty drink beverages. Right. Park admission for one day. Right. And the interactivity and experience. Yeah. It's not that bad of a price. It's really not. I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I don't think it's the kind of thing you know you, you can do over and over again. Maybe some people have the money to do to do it over and over again. Um, but because it is so short, the cost. The amount that you're dropping at once is not that large. I mean, this is no definitely no more than anyone is spending on a Disney vacation. That's uh, true. It's just such a you know, it's just a short period of time. It's only it's only the the two nights, right? Um, but you know, you you wrap this around a, a vacation, another type of Orlando vacation that may be less expensive, you know, or if you're the kind of person that goes down there a lot, um, it doesn't doesn't need to be a, a huge, very expensive vacation. I think right. it, it's this kind of thing that makes sense to save for mm-hmm. and do. Maybe it's, for some people, it's not doable as a part of a larger Disney World vacation, which is right. already very expensive. But um, but if it's something people really want to do, I, I think it's worth saving f- to, to do that right. for those like couple of nights. Our family as a whole would probably not do it. No, I mean... We say that, but, you know, if two or three of us were going to go, it's like once you do that, like that last person's not that expensive. So right. you may as well just go all four of you and do it. Like there's certain things for each person that are going to be enjoyable. You know, mm-hmm. like we said, Isabel would really enjoy the scavenger hunt stuff and the um, and the dressing up stuff. Right. I would enjoy the fact that food is included and someone's cleaning up after me. I don't care anything else other than that. Right. Uh, you know, you enjoyed all the parts of it. Um, I'm not sure what Lily would enjoy, but I'm sure she'd find something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think there is something for everybody there. Um, right. You do need to have that at least one person that's driving the desire. Yes. Obviously, but you know, dragging along the whole family, I feel like everyone's going to find something that they're going to enjoy about it. Yes, I, I would agree. And you know, looking at it from my aspect as somebody who's already been there, say we do want to take a family vacation, you know, I, I 
I thought that it would be like a one-and-done type of trip. Mm -hmm. But because of the way the storylines merge and meld and diverge, right. there is that, that replayability there. Right. That if I went back a second time... You just choose sort of a different I would choose a different path. Right. Maybe I go to the dark side. Right. You know, maybe I follow the First Order. Maybe I'm kind of a double agent. Right. You know, and there are different ways you can take it. I mean, I already bought the tunic, so... <laughs> Uh, you know, I've got some right. clothes to, to wear next go. time I go. There you go. Um, but, you know, I, I think when you're looking at pricing, if you look at, you know, a deluxe resort, you know, I'm looking at right now the, the Grand Floridian for that same time that we're looking at representative pricing, you're looking at about $800, $825 a night right. for the room. Yeah. So, you know, it's, not that, times, it's not that far yeah, off. Times two nights, times all the, you know, plus right. all the dining for everybody. Plus one day's worth of park admission. Plus, and then that's, then that all comes together and does not include any kind of entertainment. Right. So, I mean, if you imagine that you've gone to Disney World, you've had a day at the park, but then, like, add on going to see... Hoop-de-doo review or, or something. ...shows or, you know, having these special experiences. If you wanted some kind of a one-on-one -on -one experience like this when you went to Galaxy's Edge, do you know what kind of upcharge they would, you know, right. they would charge you for one of these experiences? It's, you know, th these kinds of things aren't cheap at Disney. So, yeah. I think, you know, I think the pricing is on par with the rest of Disney. If you love Disney... You're willing to spend the prices to go to Disney. I don't think this is any different. I, I think that people just have sticker shock when you tell them, you know, the initial pricing when they don't understand the value. And that's why, you know, it was great that I have this opportunity because now I can share my experience and right. I see the value. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you're if you're a Star Wars fan, you know, like I said earlier, if you're a Star Wars fan, if you like scavenger hunts, if you like, yeah. uh, you know, the improv aspect, you know, it's it's a really fun time. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Very those, good. Those are my thoughts. Well, thanks for all your insight. Yeah, and maybe one day you can travel to a galaxy far, far away. Maybe. Maybe. So I uh, hope you enjoyed the review. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out on the podcast page uh, or reach out to me at uh, Tony Bonasso, T-O-N-Y-B-U-N-O-S-S-O, -S -S at MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com, and I can answer all of your questions. And until next time, I'm Tony. And I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Bye. <laughs>